If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Calls Cloud Business Pro. If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Calls Cloud Business Phone Service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. I think I like that too, Riley. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. That is right. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. Email is Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. Facebook.com slash Todd Huff Show. Normally, we're streaming hour number one of the program today. However, that stream is not going to be made available today. I apologize for that up front. You can listen, ToddHuffShow.com slash listen. That's the link where you can listen to this program and um, look, it's good to uh, good to be here. Appreciate you uh, you joining us today. We're working on some stuff I should mention with Facebook, not just with Facebook, with with all social other social media platforms, YouTube, <clears throat> some others as well, where we will be streaming the program um, on on more channels. So we continue to grow uh, the reach of this program, and I appreciate your patience um, as we as we do that. For those of you that have been with us from the beginning, you know, uh, maybe some of you don't know, but we started this program in our bedroom closet. I got to be careful how I say this. We started the program in my in my in our bedroom closet, specifically in my wife's closet. I don't want to say my wife's bedroom closet because. That's the closet. We share a bedroom. It's just she has a closet and I have a closet. And I started broadcasting in her closet. Hers uh, is a little bit bigger. Yes, that's true. And um, I technically I have two smaller closets. So, But I'm only pointing this out. Is that that's where we started. So now we've grown. We've expanded. And some of you, you know the story. I'm not going to get into that at the moment. But... This, you know, essentially, we've we've grown, and uh, now we're even going to be streaming on on more channels here in the not too distant future. We made some upgrades here. Lots of other exciting things happening with this program as well that I will be sure to fill you in on as we uh, as we progress. And that's actually these uh, updates and changes are one of the reasons why we'll um, hour two will uh, be an encore today as well because I've got some some building of the business to like to do lots of exciting things to do anyway hope you had a great fourth of july weekend um i did we actually we actually did something we'd not done before 
we, my family and I, my son is, um, my son is on a fishing trip with grandparents and we took our two younger daughters, our two younger daughters, uh, on a bit of a surprise, um, adventure, I guess you could say on the fourth, we ventured up into a, uh, the Northern part of Indiana, actually in, uh, the city of Wabash, Indiana, which is a cool city, by the way, the first electrified city in the United States. We walked past that courthouse. I always, after the, after we did this, uh, we, we attended a concert, a drive-in concert, but we walked a little bit around the city. I think those things are neat to do, especially these older towns and places like, say, Wabash, for example. But anyway, uh, we went up, took our girls to see Four King and Country, in Wabash, which is a Christian group, uh, my kids love the the music. They love them, and so we went up there, watched the concert, and did that on Saturday. So nice weekend was had by all. Hope you had a good weekend as well, celebrating America's birthday, America's independence. And so I want to talk about that off the top here. I want to talk about because there's a lot of right now we're in a battle, folks. We're in a battle for the well, the, the, the soul, the heart and soul of America. We're in a bit of an identity crisis here in America. We have tensions that have flared up um, that go back to America's founding, and there's America's founding was not perfect. I've been through this, and I readily admit this. America's founding was not perfect. Slavery was a, uh, a major just a major uh, problem in America's history. Very bad, terrible, atrocious. We've talked about this. God created people to live free. All people, folks, all people. All people are made in the image of God. All people are created to live free, to not be under the control, the uh, direct authority of any anyone else of anyone else. They're meant to be free. They're not supposed to be enslaved um, by anyone else for whatever reason, race or economic status. It doesn't matter. None of that stuff. Good. None of that is good. It's all evil and reprehensible. Um, And so that part of our founding is bad. Not, it's not good. It needed to be changed and it was changed and has been changed. But a lot of the other things that the founders put in place, and of course you never want to say that anyone's perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but the things that they that they built this nation upon, taking out what I just took out, is a remarkable thing. And so I want to share with you, I want to share with you what I celebrate, and we'll get to Trump's speeches here as well. Trump spoke in front of uh, Mount Rushmore, which suddenly has become a symbol, I suppose, of white supremacy. If you listen to the media, Trump's speech is now divisive because he's standing in front of a monument where two of the founders were, uh, well, two of the individuals on Mount Rushmore were, are, are slave, were, well, they were slave owner, owners, um, Washington and Jefferson. And it's it's as though someone just thinks that that's a newly discovered fact. I mean, other presidents have been in front of Mount Rushmore, um, but we're in this season where we're having to 
debate these things. We're talking about racial reconciliation, and we had a thing in our church yesterday, which once I uh, once I process some things and share my thoughts with about that with uh, with our team, I'm going to probably share some of that with you as well because this, you know, all sorts of things have been. All sorts of things have been, I guess, uh, brought into to this discussion, and I want to, I want to go through, you know, some of that with you that I've experienced, uh, in some of our conversations. But anyway, I want to uh, stick specifically with what I celebrate on Independence Day, what I think you celebrate on Independence Day as well, and we'll get into Trump's uh, speeches, the one in the South Lawn at the South Lawn at the White House uh, yesterday excuse me, on Saturday, July 4th, and the one in front of um, Mount Rushmore, Friday night, July 3rd. So let's talk about what I celebrate on Independence Day. I celebrate I celebrate the birth of what has become the greatest nation on earth, and that nation is not the greatest nation on earth because of the DNA of the people who comprise it. That nation is not the greatest nation on earth because of its race, which is peculiar to me, because America um, is not is not a race. We're made up of all sorts of different people, and that is a good thing. And it just goes to show that all of us, regardless of who we are, regardless of who we are, we are attracted to the American concept, the American ideals, because it is, folks, it is created within us. That exists within us. It was put there by Almighty God Himself. That yearning for freedom, that yearning for um, you know, expression, that yearning to pursue those things that the Creator has placed in our hearts. And I know some folks don't like necessarily the Creator talk that I'm uh, that I'm sharing here. They don't, you know, if you don't believe in God, that's you don't have to. Some conservatives don't believe in God. Others do. I do believe in God, specifically the God of the Bible. But you don't you don't have to. Um, but I do I will tell you that I think I do think that conservatism is more complete when you have uh, that element to it. I don't think that you have to. We, we can certainly share beliefs. Um, Outside of that, I think that your right, uh, your rights as a human being, should not have anything to do with whatever your perspectives of God are. I just think that it it completes the understanding of really some of these uh, core principles, which is, includes freedom. I think there's a freedom that comes from a knowledge and a relationship with Jesus Christ that uh, that's lacking elsewhere. So I don't want to get into that. I don't want this to be a sermon, but I do want to highlight the reasons why people are attracted to this. People of every race, creed, nationality, gender, background, whatever, are attracted to this because it is created within us. We have within us this desire. This is the natural way for us to live. Not that, again, I'm pulling slavery out of this. That's not part of it. The founders you know that 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 is a a a 
dark spot on the history of America. That is a that is something that I'm not including in this, but I am including those ideas and principles that I celebrate, that you celebrate, that we say, look, for the first time in the history of the world, people were looked at as as first and foremost individuals with this freedom and opportunity, with this God-given potential. They could choose to be, choose to go whichever direction they felt inspired to go. They could make any decision that they wanted to make so long as so long as, as long as it did not infringe upon someone else, uh, someone else's life, liberty or or property. And so this is the foundation and more on this after the break. I got to take one here in a second, but th- this is what I celebrate. I celebrate the realization that the founders had in in their quest to recognize what it means to be a human being, what it means to be created in the image of God, and how we need to protect the most the, the smallest minority group, which is the individual, and allow that person to live his or her life as closely as humanly possible to their own personal preferences, their own conscience, their own, you know, to to pursue their own dreams, ambitions, passions, desires, preferences, not to be a subject, but rather to be a citizen of a country that recognized first and foremost that we are all, that we all have these liberties, that we all have these freedoms, that we all have these desires to, to, you know, to make with life, to do with life, whatever it is that we choose to do, to pursue that path, to move in that direction, in the direction, in the direction of our dreams, in the directions, whatever direction and, and, and drive and passion that we decide to embrace and pursue, the founders understood that. And they also understood, and I'll talk about this after the break, they also understood that the nature of mankind, the history of government, and just human nature in general. So I want to talk about these things and the reason I celebrate and embrace embrace this, this great nation. Not embracing all of its founding, specifically carving out this issue of slavery, which is a reprehensible evil, setting that aside, still acknowledging that while the founders were wrong in the on the issue of slavery— they got so much right that applies to all people, every single human being, every single human being on the face of this planet. The founders got right on those issues that I'm talking about, and we've just scratched the surface with that. I've got to take a time out too. come back, share a little bit more about what I celebrate, and then also also get into uh, some of these speeches that Trump has made over the weekend. But quick time out, come back and pick up in just a minute. Welcome back. Just uh, spending a little bit of time here telling you what I celebrate and what I think many of you celebrate too. When you celebrate Independence Day, which was uh, just over, just over the weekend, 
So we talked about last segment this idea that the founders had, the idea that said that liberty comes from God. Liberty comes from our creator. It's not the job of government to acknowledge or well it's the job of government to acknowledge it but not to create it rights do not come from government folks this is a fundamentally important thing if we believe that rights come from government that says that rights are created by man and if rights are created by man they can be taken away by man and when i say men i mean mankind humankind right people if humans can if humans create rights, um, they also can take them away. And so the founders say that's not how this works. These rights come from our creator. They are a part of what it means to be human. They apply to every single human on the planet. And these rights are not created by government, but rather they're acknowledged by government, recognized by government. They took this bold step. And folks, the step that they took the step that they took in establishing this idea on onto paper into the foundations of our government this concept unleashed a power on a society the world has never known before it unleashed an unbelievable amount of um, prosperity um, the standard of living increased I mean, this this American experiment has touched all the corners of the globe. As I've said on here before, and I say again, the American experiment in capitalism, well, I mean, with you know the Constitution, liberty, the framework that we're kind of discussing here, that great American experiment has, has touched all corners of the globe, and it has single-handedly single-handedly free markets capitalism have helped people helped eliminate poverty helped raise the standard of living help spread prosperity around the world not just in the united states but around the world and it's a remarkable remarkable feat it's a remarkable thing to see just exactly what exactly can be done when we adhere to the way that really we are created to live. And that's what I celebrate. Again, I'm pulling out the issue of slavery. In fact, I'm specifically saying that the ideas that the founders, I don't want to say created, but they, they took the time to recognize and to build our society upon those truths, Right? Joe Biden says, you know the thing, the thing, <laughs> right, um, as Joe Biden likes to call it. But we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that among those are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It's not the job of government to interfere, to take that away from people. In fact, the government exists the government exists to protect people's God-given rights to pursue those things. That's the way that this is supposed, supposed to work. So that is what I am celebrating. That is what the vast majority of people are celebrating. 
I would say virtually everybody. For for the people, look, I know. I know that there's people who aren't celebrating anything. They look at this as a, what, a three- or four-day weekend. They get to go down to the lake or do whatever it is that they that they want to do. But for those of us who really are celebrating, who are really taking a moment to say this nation, this nation is the best nation in the history of the world, folks. Right? I mean, it's 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 amazing. It's astonishing. It's it's we're blessed to have been to be a part of this. I don't want to say to have been. Although you have to start wondering with where this this nation is going and the way that I see the New York Times discuss the Trump uh, Trump speech in front of Mount Rushmore, divisive, because he's in front of, you know, he's in front of a monument with uh, two presidents who were slave owners, which I've already addressed countless times on this program. Um, but suddenly, it's as though the media—that's all they want to fixate on. And I'm worse. We're explicitly saying that's not the part of our founding that we're embracing. In fact, we're saying that the founding that we're embracing is is what they wrote, right? That all men, all people, yeah, use the word men, but all men are created equal. All men, all people created equal. That everyone has these, these rights, that everyone has within them this, these, these God-given foundational truths and principles. And that those, you know, slavery was not in accordance with that. They they violated their own what they had identified and uh, articulated as the founding core principle of this nation, they violated that by pursuing and allowing slavery. They did. They violated that. They didn't so or that they didn't actually follow through with the truth that they had uncovered. They said, well, not for slaves. And they went through all this stuff, the three-fifths compromise and all this sort of thing, which is not – which is sad. That is not the good part of American history. That is not what we're celebrating. Some people have it in their minds today. If you're celebrating anything to do with America, it's because you're embracing and applauding racism. Folks, that is not anything near – anything near to what – to what I'm celebrating, to what you're celebrating We've got to push back on this, and we've got to do so quickly, and we've got to do so uh, with with conviction, because there are people out there that are watching this that are swayed by these these arguments, these these uh, the the sophistry. No one is out there embracing, and if if they are, if someone is out there celebrating when they celebrate the Fourth of July Independence Day, if they are celebrating uh, slavery and racism, they are so fringe. That no one, no one is in agreement with them. This this represents such a tiny sliver of irrelevant, you know, an, an irrelevant ideological position in America that's that's been relegated to the ash heap of history. No one, no one that I know embraces and applauds this stuff. Nobody. But yet that's all some folks want to fixate and talk about. And I still, you know. We have these conversations and dialogues, and again, I, I mentioned we had something in our church over the weekend, and I don't want to get into that here, but I still I still would just like someone to explain to me you know, what, what they want us to do next. And it cannot, 
It cannot include reparations, defunding, or dismantling the police force, nor can it say, nor can it have some sort of, um, nor can there be this desire to see extreme radical transformations to just how we vote. No one is trying to keep people from voting. No one is engaged. The left is saying it's a there's a huge push towards voter suppression, trying to silence and, and keep out minority votes. What is actually happening, what's actually happening is that people are trying to protect the integrity of the election. It's so ironic to me. We sit here and we talk about Russian collusion and all this stuff and how the Russians tricked people into voting for Trump, who were planning on voting for Hillary back in 2016 because they used tricky Pokemon Go ads, Facebook ads, Twitter ads, and everything else on social media tricked people, influenced them, tricked them into changing their vote. That's what we're supposed to believe. But yet, they don't see any way possible, even though I still can't have a single soul explain to me how that magically happened. They don't see any way possible that someone can try to commit fraud if we don't keep some degree. You know, voting voting should should not be difficult. Voting shouldn't be, you know, without safeguards. You know, you shouldn't just, you know, open up a a booth on the, the side of the street, keep it open for six months, and let anyone vote who passes by who wants to without pr- asking them to prove who they are. Why is that? Why is that racist? Especially, especially in my state where they. So I I believe this will still be the case. They they give the state gives a free ID for people who uh, just need the identification to vote. It's not about that. It's about having elections that are secure, that are easily accessible within the the context of the confines of being able to say it also has to be secure. That's a very reasonable and logical position. So to say that you should we should have, you know, only mail-in ballots and mass uh, you know, vote by mail sort of stuff, even though we see voter fraud, we have seen voter fraud from that. We can't just throw away all of our systems as though none of them have worked. Right? I mean, again, we have early voting. Um, you know, it, it's there, there's a lot. You, you can uh, vote absentee ballot as well in most, I would say every state. I don't know every single state's voting laws, but I mean, that's a general truth. And you can't hear as well. Anyway, long in this segment, I'm just simply saying that we are engaged in this battle. We need to be able to say that what we're celebrating are principles that we have got to stand firmly in support of, communicate what those are, make people understand clearly that this is not about any part of America's history with slavery that we're celebrating. This is about the things that I articulated the first half of this program. Anyway, long in this segment, going to stop and take a break. Those are the things I celebrate. I think those are the things you celebrate as well. As, and there's others. There's others too, but that's a, that's a snapshot of it. So that being said, time out, come back, share some of these uh, sound bites from Trump's speech uh, over the weekend, South Lawn of the White House, Independence Day, and um, talk about that the remainder of this hour. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute.
Welcome back. All right, so I shared with you that we're going to talk a little bit about Trump's um, speech. Actually, he had two over the weekend. I want to speak or talk specifically about his speech at the White House yesterday. And so we've been talking a little bit about this, I guess, in uh, indirectly. But I want to get specifically uh, to Trump's comments on this, talking about America's history, talking about who we really are. And yes, I understand. Yes, I understand that we have this. Um, we, we, we've addressed the issue of slavery. So I'm not saying it's not there. I'm simply saying that's not that's not what we're embracing here. That's clearly not not what's done. So this is Trump addressing this. I mean, get ready for more of this as we get you know, move towards the election. But Trump addressing America's history, um, who those are who are trying to tear that apart, and you know what we're interested in seeing as those those of us who love America, not uh, perpetrating racism or systemic racism in our nation, but instead bringing about justice and healing. Here's Trump explaining this White House uh, South Lawn on July 4th. No matter our race, color, religion, or creed, we are one America, and we put America first. We will not allow anyone to divide our citizens by race or background. We will not allow them to foment hate, discord, and distrust. We will hold fast and true to the sacred loyalties that link us all as neighbors, as Americans, and as patriots. In every age, there have always been those who seek to lie about the past in order to gain power in the present. Those that are lying about our history, those who want us to be ashamed of who we are, are not interested in justice or in healing. Their goal is demolition. Our goal is not to destroy the greatest structure on Earth, what we have built, the United States of America. That's right. The greatest nation on Earth, the United States, not without fault, not perfect. But my, oh my, folks, I've said this before. I just, I shudder when I think about what the world would look like. And I know people out there cannot even comprehend what I'm about to say. Not the vast majority of you. But I know people who just cannot accept this. But the world without the United States of America would be a much worse and a much darker place. There's just no two ways about it. You look at the evils that this nation has fought and overcome even in the past, heck, the past, what, 30 years with Soviet communism. I know that that, that, that that ideology is applauded. We got Marxists running the Black Lives Matter organization. No one, uh, well, we are bothered by this, but no one in the mainstream media seems to be the least bit bothered by the 
reality that the uh, that the Black Lives Matter movement is run by Marxists. Marxists, of course, Soviet communists are the same people. They murdered 100 million people in the 20th century. That would have been – what superpower would have existed to stand up to the Soviet Union back during the Cold War had it not been the United States of America? What nation would have protected – folks, I have friends. You do too. Some of you may have been individuals that stood in uh, the gap, if you will, to defend the continent of Europe from the aggressive imperialistic Soviets. We stood in the path of that, our brave military, this great nation, stood in the path of that, right? We were the edge. Where did the, the Iron Curtain end? The Iron Curtain ended where the United States military took up, uh, took up bases in, in Europe. That's where the edge of the Iron Curtain was. Right? Where did the Berlin Wall end? That wall that was not designed to keep people out who were not allowed to be in there for whatever reason, but the, the wall that was put up to keep people in, folks. Soviet communism was so terrible that you had to, now of course, talking about East Berlin and East Germany, but it was all under the control of the, of the Soviet communists. It was, it was so reprehensible to the people living under it that they wanted to leave, but yet they said, they being the heavy-handed communists, said, no, you can't leave. No, can't do it. You got to stay here. We're going to put a wall up. Who would have done that? Who would have fought and freed a continent from the Nazis? Yes, we had the British under Churchill. <laughs> yes, ironically, we had uh, the commies, being the Soviet commies being led by Stalin back in the days where, again, I don't want to get into the whole history of that and the mistakes that, that Hitler made, but nonetheless, the United States was an integral part of that. In fact, we just celebrated not too long ago, a month or so ago, D-Day, the celebration, the memory of when we began the process of liberating Europe back in 1944 from the Nazis. We honor those men who participated in that, those who shed their blood for, for that, that continent, for the idea of freedom. Now, who else would have done that, folks? The British were holding on by a thread until the United States jumped into the war. This was – the world would be a darker place without the United States of America. That is indisputable to me. But some people act as though this is the – most egregious evil place on the face of the planet. Yes, slavery was evil. Yes, we have fixed that issue. Yes, there are still racist, but systemic racism as it exists, or as it's, we're told that it exists, meaning that, that our systems and institutions and the laws that we've written are, are racist. Um, first of all, if there are any, I f wholeheartedly reject those. I just need to know what, what, those, what those are. That's what that's what we need to know. What what we you know what else, folks? Uh, what's the just thing to do about this? But the idea that this nation is systemically racist, I just I reject that notion. If someone can show me where it is, I will, and I you know can see it. I will certainly reject that that uh, that particular law. 
but that's not what we have. We have fixed those mistakes, and as such, this nation is a is a beacon of light and hope. That's why people come here, folks, from all over the world. We wouldn't allow that, by the way, if we were as racist as some want us uh, to believe. Again, not to say there's not individual racists, but the idea that this nation is wholeheartedly racist and that our institutions are systemically broken because of, you know, racist and all the racism and all this. Um, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't see it that way. I don't. Where it exists, it needs to be eradicated. It, it, it exists in the hearts of individual people who are a smaller and smaller group by the day, I believe. Anyway, going to take a break. Come back, wrap up some, some uh, closing thoughts here on Trump and what he has to say, had to say over the weekend in defense of this great nation, this, this place that we all call home, and this wonderful place that it is indeed. We have to make sure that people understand really the beauty of what we have here. Quick timeout. We'll come back and discuss that. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Welcome back, folks. We have we have to win this argument. I've started, um, as I mentioned on here before, we are launching Conservative Not Bitter University, CNBU, CNBU, Conservative Not Bitter University, which is designed to help explain, articulate, educate Americans about a lot of things. But one of those things is to help people become a more persuasive conservative. And I use the word persuasive because, folks, we we have to learn to become better at this. In order to advance, in order to advance the cause for constitutional conservatism, a return to America's historical roots. Again, I'm not talking about slavery. It's unfortunate that I have to say that so often, but people— uh, people are misconstruing what people like me are saying. America has uncovered, unleashed a wonderful system here. We've understood our founders were brilliant. They understood how we were created to live, and they built a system of government upon that. They made a mistake with slavery. It's reprehensible and evil. And we have fixed that. So I'm talking about the ideas. But we've got to persuade people to believe this because they are they are taught consistently, incessantly about the evils of America. And it's just – it's not accurate to what is historically true. Yes, the slavery uh, issue is, but the other fundamental truths that were uncovered and discovered by our founders and turned into – a framework for our system of government um, absolutely need to be embraced. And we've got to figure out a way to advance this cause and to persuade others and to actually take the time to uh, move that needle. Because, folks, this nation is really at a crossroads. And it makes me, gives me the chills, man, when I, when I think about where we might be headed if we don't return to those principles. So, that's all I've got time to say right now. Come back and wrap up. You're listening to the home of conservative, not better talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. 
Welcome back, folks. That is all of the time that we have today. Look, I appreciate you listening to this program. I appreciate you uh, so much. That's one of the things, you know, on these 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 holidays, these, I don't know, they're, they're markers for me, I guess, as well. Took a couple of days off last week. It just reminds me of how thankful I am to you for the opportunities afforded to me by the stations, the sponsors, of course, you, the listener. So, guys, I appreciate you very much. Thank you for listening. Have a great day. SDG. See you tomorrow. Take care.